God bless you. We're going to be praying for them and uh, thankful for that. And you know, uh, I have nothing but kind things to say about Rock of Ages as he brought up uh, the headquarters. You know, uh, a couple few years ago, my wife met Miss Ellis. And I'm telling you what, she's just been a friend of my wife. Just the other day, she sent a text out of the blue and uh, just encouraged her. And I appreciate her friendship. And I appreciate y'all. And I don't want y'all leaving tonight until I can get back there and see y'all if it'd be okay. And uh, we got something for you. I want you to open your precious Bible tonight. And isn't it precious? How many of you believe it's precious? It is precious. Would you open it to the book of James tonight? And I want to give you just a little helpful thought tonight. I pray the Lord will speak to us and help us and encourage us. And, uh, of course, you know, I really did not check the weather and I know uh, we've got some rain out there, and I know some of you have traveled through some pretty rough rain tonight to get here in fog and all of that. And so I just want to tell you tonight, I'm going to preach a message on a God for all seasons. Amen. And so I want you to look in James. The book of James is one of my favorite books in all the Bible. And uh, I wasn't here two months, and I started a series of messages out of the book of James. But I want to look at this very last, very, well, very last words of this epistle. And you know, I know you know this, but normally if someone has something to say, they save the best for last. You say, why do they do that? So that's the last thing on your mind. That's the last thing that if you forget anything else, you don't forget that. By the way, we're going to be praying tomorrow, uh, Mr. Stone, and uh, going to have, you know, the Lord's miraculously healed him, and uh, they're going to be having a documentary-type uh, fundraiser down at Memorial Hospital for him, and so the family's going to be there. They've asked me to be there, and we're hoping and praying that uh, we can give glory to God and all of that, because we know the reason Stone's walking around here, and uh, Brother Williams, Brother Stone had brain bleeds, and uh, three of them, and uh, he is a... Uh, a medical miracle, and of course we know that's from the Lord, and he's touched him, and uh, we're thankful for that, and that young lady that's sitting right in front of you, it's her son, and uh, so anyway, tomorrow, that starts at 8.45, we've got to be there at 8.45, right? And so you pray about all that, that God will get great honor and great glory for that. We do appreciate the staff of the hospital, they were so good, they did so well, I was there just second minutes after uh, the family got there, and Stone was there, and the way they um, obviously, very quickly, efficiently diagnosed that not only had he aspirated, he had the bleed, and they started immediately. But you know what? We're going to give God all the praise and all the honor. Amen? And uh, so we're looking forward to that. I want you to pray about that. Look at verse 13. Is any among you afflicted? Notice this. Let him pray. Is any merry? Let him sing psalms. Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith, notice that, and the prayer of faith shall save the sick and the Lord shall raise him up and if he hath committed sins, they shall be forgiven. Confess your faults one to another. And pray for one another that you may be healed, and the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. You know, very simply put, that verse right there just simply means it works. That's what it means. It's that simple. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man, what's that mean? It works. 
But I want to look at really tonight, just really verse 13 and some of the verses around it, but we understand this is the last words of the epistle. And man, this man James, some deep, powerful, practical things that we learn in the book of James. And as he closes down here, he knows who he's talking to. He knows who he's writing to. And um, someone said that the art of guessing what is on the other side of the hill of life is not the same for very long. And we all know this. That's why I've entitled this message, The God of All Seasons. Because look, I'm almost 50 and I want you to know something. I've experienced a lot of changes in life. I've changed a lot of, I've experienced a lot of changes in the culture. I've changed a lot of experience in, in everything, physically, historically. A lot of things are going on. And when we think about life, that's one thing that's for sure is there's change. Life's not the same for very long, but we as Christians, and this is what I want to focus on tonight, we as Christians have been given provisions by the Lord Jesus to cope with every season of life, every aspect of life, all of its variety, all of its changes. And by the way, he deals with this in verse 13 because the Bible says, is any among you afflicted? So, these verses covers it all, really. You think about the seasons of life. Is any among you afflicted? Well, there's one season of life. And then before he closes that verse, he said, is there any Mary? So obviously, we're going to experience the valleys. We're going to experience the mountaintops. There's going to be times that we're afflicted. There's going to be times that we're merry. But I want you to notice in the times of pressure, what can we do? I want you to notice, number one, the condition here, the condition. I want you to notice the Word of God. Is any among you afflicted? Is any among you afflicted? Now, among you, I want you to notice, this is really not a question. Uh, it's really an assumption that exists. In, in other words, by the way, he knew he was writing to. He knew the audience and the people that he were talking to. He knew they were being afflicted. And I'm sure in the crowd, even as small as it is tonight, on this rainy Wednesday night, I know that there are people in this building that is afflicted. There's things going on. There's, there's conditions that are taking place in our lives and in the people that we love. And, and I want you to notice, he wanted them to know that even though they might be afflicted, he wanted to give them an answer for it. And we're going to be find the answer very very simply here in just a moment, but I want you to think about this. Look at Psalm chapter 34. If you turn with me just a minute to Psalm 34, and then look at verse 19. Psalm 34, verse 19, because he said here in the book of James, is any among you afflicted? And again, he already knows the answer to that. He knows the people that he's writing to. He knows the people that he's dealing with has been afflicted. And notice what the Bible says in verse 19. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. Now, not many are the afflictions of the lost. The Bible's very clear. He says, many are the afflictions of the righteous. I love the last part of this verse, though. But the Lord delivereth him out of them all. How many of you are thankful he delivers us out of our afflictions? And I'm thankful for that. I'm glad he's able. But I want you to notice tonight as we look and we, we see... Uh, we see that this verse ends well and we ought to put a, a primacy on the end of that verse knowing that our faith's in the Lord and no matter what we're going through in life, He will deliver us. Someone said, well, Pastor, you don't know if that will ever end or not. Well, I'll tell you right now, if you're saved, no matter what's happening, you're going to be delivered from all of it one day. 
So we do have peace. We do have hope no matter what it is. But he's not just talking about the promise of heaven. He's talking about the assurances and the help while we're living. While we're on this journey called life. So let me just talk a few moments about these afflictions. Because he said the children of God, the righteous are going to suffer many afflictions. Some people, and I know who I'm talking to tonight. This was the Wednesday night crowd. But, you know, a lot of times when we deal with someone and they've just gotten saved, man, they have this idea that, yeah, man, once they get saved, everything's going to be hunky-dory. No, to be fair, the Bible says many are the afflictions of the righteous. By the way, what are some of these afflictions? Well, number one, we know there's natural afflictions because sin entered into this Uh, into the human race, we know that sin itself brings affliction. We know that. That's natural. There's nothing we can do about that. That doesn't matter. That doesn't matter if you're living for the Lord. That doesn't mean if you're living right at the foot of the cross. There's still going to be affliction in our lives because of sin. There's no doubt about it. And Christians are going to have to deal with that affliction. But I'm thankful the Bible says many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivereth from us all. He delivers us from them all. So we understand there's natural afflictions. But I want you to notice this. There's physical affliction. I I thought about this today. I went down to the hospital and I still missed one patient there and I seen two and I missed another one that I could have went into the room to see why they're there because they're physically afflicted. When Miss Mary called me this evening, she said, Pastor, they're letting me go. Now, I was a little shocked by that because they're still trying to figure out why she's losing blood. And I thought, and by the way, when I walked in her room today, I could just see by her countenance, by her physical countenance, she was afflicted. Why? Because she's been in that hospital for many days. And by the way, there's been many times I've walked into a hospital room and it's been a saint of God there. Why? Because there's physical afflictions. The Bible says many are the afflictions of the children of the righteous. So we understand that we are going to have Afflictions, physical. What about mental afflictions? I I, I want you to think about this. Think about this. You know, look, every Christian I know, they're so stressed out. They're stressed out, and I know all you good ladies tonight, y'all about ready to have a nervous breakdown as soon as y'all can put it in your busy schedule. Amen. Can I get an amen? I mean, that's where we are. We're all stressed out. The preacher gets up and says, oh, don't be stressed. And he goes home and gets stressed. Hey, why? Because we have mental affliction. I want y'all to know something. The heaviest thing, man, when I was 19, 20, 21 years old, I was a foreman of a lumber company. And man, I wish, now I'm telling you, I'd come home, I'd be tired. And there used to be a day, Brother Chris, man, I could just pick up that big old 96 pounds of Portland cement, chuck it up on my shoulder, and just take off to the truck and dump it in there. It'd be a sad day today. But I'm going to be honest with y'all, I've learned this through life. I'm going to tell y'all right now, mental stress and burdens is a lot worse than physical burdens. Man, when you, when you love people, you love the Lord, and you have a burden for people, people that are lost or people that are straying or people that are in your family that you know is not living right, I'm going to tell you all right now, that's heavy. That's an affliction. When we have mental stress, when we love people or we want more for people. I said this years ago, man, when I got in the ministry, I told our pastor that day when I, one day, several years later, 
uh, Pastor Altizer, I worked with him for seven and a half years. I told him in about three years in, I said, you know what? I've learned the biggest struggle, the biggest affliction, or the biggest burden on me in the ministry is I feel like I want more for people than they want for themselves. That's heavy. That's a mental affliction. But you know what? The Bible says that we know many are the afflictions of the child or the children of righteousness. But the Bible says he'll deliver us from them all. So in these times of pressure, we understand the conditions. Many among you afflicted. So there's natural afflictions, physical afflictions. Hey, mental afflictions. Think about this. What about spiritual afflictions? Hey, Dr. S.I. McMillan said this. Medical science recognizes that emotions such as fear, sorrow, envy, resentment, hatred are responsible for the majority of our sicknesses. Now, most people wouldn't touch that today. They say, ah, Pastor, you're not a doctor. You're right. But I know one thing. I know our spirit affects everything else a part of our body. And I'm going to tell you something right now. I've made this statement many times. Everything is spiritual. Everything. So we think we have a constant struggle with what? I'm going to tell you what it is. The flesh. Man, I'm going to tell you all something right now. My flesh craves to do that which is wrong. How many of you say amen to that? And I thank God one day when we get to heaven, we're going to be saved from the very presence of sin. But until then, I want you to know something. We have to yield to the Lord. We're going to have spiritual affliction because I'm going to tell you what, and our heart is desperately wicked. Who can know it? And listen to me, the Christian life is a struggle. But can I just say this? Struggle on. Someone says to me all the time, I say, well, Pastor, I tell you right now, I just feel like giving up. I said, look at me. Don't give up. I said, keep fighting because if you give up, you're done. We've got to fight the flesh. We've got to yield to the Spirit of God. There's spiritual afflictions. And then there's special afflictions. These are really only known to Christians. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 8 talks about we are enduring, listen here, the afflictions of the gospel. Can you, you know this, and if we're going to live for the Lord like we should live for the Lord, I'm going to tell you something. There is a reproach living for God. There is a reproach of the cross. By the way, that's why a lot of people are secret service Christians. What do you mean by that? Well, I'll tell you what, I'm at work. Nobody needs to know I'm a Christian. No, they need to know you're a Christian. And it's not because you're at work. Here it is. We don't like sometimes to bear the reproach. Yes, there's affliction. <laughs> Can I share just a little? This, and I promise you, I'm not giving you a pity party. I've gotten used to it now after 26 years. I was talking to someone at the hospital today, and, and I'm just being honest with you, you know, I know I'm a preacher. And everybody on my street knows I'm a preacher. But you know what? I mean, I don't know very many preachers that walk out in their backyard with a tie uh, tied around their uh, head playing with their grandkids. So, you know, I'm, I'm human. I'm fun. I'm, but you know what people have? They have this idea of preachers like, oh, my goodness, they're, they're weird. And preachers are weird. I is when I get that. But, but, you know, they have this idea about preachers. You know, they're like, oh. And so I'm used to it. So if I come into an area and, you know, I'm just saying, hey, what's up? Good to see you. Automatically, man, people, they start, mm. 
I, I told this story the other day, and I'm being honest, and this is honest. I have walked in a store on several occasions, and I'm going to say this, not here, thank the Lord, but when I was an assistant at, in Lewisburg, I walked in three different stores, and as I walked in the Rite Aid, I mean, there was this lady that was attending our church, and she was at the desk checking out. I walked in the door. I didn't even, if she wouldn't have said anything, I wouldn't even have noticed her. She had just put a big old 12-pack of beer up on the counter, and as I walked through the door, she went, Oh, my goodness, there's the preacher. And she said, I've got beer here. And I mean, my face turned as red as it probably is right now. And I just said, I said, good to see you. I just walked on down the aisle. I was in Walmart. Now that, i sorry, that was here. I was in Walmart. It's been many years ago. And I go to the Walmart up here and look at Valley. And I, I see someone that had been attending our church. And I get in the same line. And then I realize what she's got on the conveyor belt. And I'm like, ah, I wish I wouldn't have got behind her. But what was so funny, I was more embarrassed for her. And she, when she seen who I was, she kept doing this. I was going, hey, good to see you. And, I was like, and when that conveyor belt moved, she moved with it. And here's what I say, because people know we're a Christian, many times we have to bear certain things just because they know we love the Lord. I know what that means. It was like, you see his kids, God bless them, poor little things. People have this idea, Christians, but no, I want y'all to know something. I'm glad I'm a Christian. But hey, there are some... And by the way, you say, Pastor, that's, a, that's, that's not that big of a deal. I've seen people get so discouraged over there, they just quit. We have to bear these afflictions. They're special afflictions. Listen, I want you to know, it's very, very simple here. It says, if is any among you afflicted, all of us are going to have to deal with afflictions. Now, that's the condition. Can I quickly close and give you the counsel? Here's the answer. It's very simple. It's found right in the verse. What are we supposed to do about it? Is any among you afflicted? Y'all go back here and pick up that book back there. It's called Intercessory Prayer. It's a great book. Brother Larry Sexton wrote it. I think all of you have read it. It's a powerful book. It's a convicting book. But here's the answer. Y'all want to know what James said? The answer if you're afflicted, don't get on Facebook. Don't get on our phones. Don't let the whole world know how bad we have it. Notice what the counsel is. It's very simple. Y'all ready? Let him pray. Let him pray. There's the counsel. Let him pray. Real quick, let me turn to Psalm 18, read just something here. Quickly, Psalm 18, I love this. Here's what the Bible says. I will love thee, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my strength, in whom I will trust. Notice all the personal pronouns there. In whom I will trust, my buckler and the horn of my salvation and my high tower. I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from mine enemies. The sorrows of death compassed me and the floods of ungodly men made me afraid. The sorrows of hell compassed me about the snares of death. In my distress, here it is, I called upon the Lord. And here's what the Bible says. And cried unto my God, he heard my voice. Oh, thank God. We have a friend. We have a Savior. We have a God that is ready and willing and desiring for us when we're afflicted to call upon him to pray. There's the counsel. 
God is looking and listening and longing to deliver you. He's looking, longing, listening to deliver us. We can grow bigger than any problem that we have because of what? The power of prayer. How many of y'all believe that? I seen someone post something uh, just not long ago. I think it was Kelsey. And Kelsey put something up. Have you ever been in a moment in your life and you know it was an only God did it moment? Now I want to say this, man. Her husband got some brownie points there. Did y'all see that? He said, yes, you. I said, you little sucker. I said, boy, you just got some brownie points because, man, that was sharp. She said, have you ever been? And he went, yeah, you, honey. I said, man, he's good. It put me to shame, amen. I got convicted over that. I remember when they were dating. They were out here in the snow. And, man, I seen him dating her, and I was like, who's this guy? So I pulled up as a nosy preacher. They were out there playing in the snow. And I pulled up. I said, hey, Kelsey, how you doing? And I'll never forget, man, he started showing up. For, he started coming to church, and nonetheless, man, I, I, when I see Daniel next time, I'll say, man, that was good. But here's what she said. She said, have you ever, and then, of course, people started putting comments up. Yes. By the way, does anybody here know that you've been in affliction, and I'm going to be honest, you can't see the light at the end of the tunnel. You think there's no hope, there's no help, there's no nothing. And boy, you just rely upon the Lord, and you pray unto the Lord. And boy, we all have testimony that it's been an only God moment. You say, Pastor, I've been afflicted. I'm dealing with something. Then here's the counsel. Pray. We have a God that is listening, longing, I mean looking to deliver us. Then quickly as I close, I can't leave it on a bad note. Is any among you afflicted? Let him pray. Here it is. How many of you are married? Well, if you're married, you know what? You got to let other people know about it. Are y'all singers or singers? Just sing. By the way, sometimes I get so happy in my car, I'm singing, pounding the steering wheel. I look over, I don't even realize what I'm doing. And somebody's driving by me and they're over going, this guy's crazy. I know Brother Scott Pauley was up here, I think, preaching somewhere here in Chattanooga uh, the other night. And I got to thinking about him. We went to school at the same place. I'll never forget, he's from West Virginia, I was in West Virginia. And I've never told a soul this, so now I'm telling everybody on the internet and everything. I was driving home, wasn't paying attention, and just driving. About that time, this car come up, and I mean, I'm going to say this, I was going over the speed limit, so this guy was going much over the speed limit. And as he came driving by me, man, I mean, he was just, you could tell he was listening to something that was happening, and I said, that's Scott Pauley. Man, he was just banging on his steering wheel, and, and I'm sure it was a southern gospel song. I, I, I'm just telling you. And I, I, I said, man, I know people's looked at me like that before because, man, I'm singing. How many of y'all sing? And can I help every wife here just a second? If your husband can't sing, please don't tell him. I've heard somebody say, well, I'll tell you what, I don't get up in the choir anymore. I don't sing anymore because my wife tells me, and I want to say, wives, you're supposed to encourage him. The Bible doesn't say he's got to have a trained voice. The Bible says he's supposed to make a joyful noise. And if you have a husband that is brave enough to make a joyful noise, let him have it. Don't stifle him. My goodness, we can't hardly get men to sing nowadays. When I was growing up, I thought, man, I ain't going to be singing. That's for wimps. I've learned this. Real men sing for God. But the Bible says, are you married? Then you know what we need to do. The Bible says, then let him, what's it say? 
Let him sing psalms. Let him sing. So you say, Pastor, why are you saying this is the God of all seasons? Well, there's going to be affliction days. There's going to be dark days. What are you supposed to do? Pray. But then when you're married, by the way, that's different than joy. Joy never leaves. We have the joy of the Lord. It's our strength. Happiness might come and go, but joy remains. But there's other times we're going to be married. And so, look, God is good. So give him the praise. Sing praises. Sing hymns. And let other people know that you're married. Let other people know that you have a reason to praise. And let them know that you have a God that will help us in every area, every season of life. Simple, powerful. Is any among you afflicted? Well, what do you think? What am I supposed to do, Pastor? Pray. You have a God that is longing and he is looking and he is listening for you to pray. Say, Pastor, am I married? Praise God. If you're married, what are you supposed to do? Sing praises to him. Sing him. Simple. But if we'll apply this to our life, I promise you this, God will work in a mighty way. You know why I know that? Because it's his word. It's not my advice. If most people would give advice like this, I'll tell you what, if you're afflicted, here's what you do. No, God said what we're to do. Pray. And if we're married, sing. So you know what I want to, how many of y'all happy tonight? How many of y'all married, you saved? Glad you saved, would you raise your hand? All right, gentlemen, I'm going to give you homework tonight. No matter how far you drive from here to your house, I want you to lead your car in a song. Can I get a witness? All right, we got a couple. Some of you ladies might have to help him a little bit, but how many of you are married? Let him sing hymns. Let's, let's, let's end tonight with a hymn. How about it? I, I, we're going to do... A chorus. Thank you, Lord, for saving my soul. Thank you, Lord, for making me whole. Thank you, Lord, for giving to me thy great salvation so rich and free. Amen. Let's bow our heads. Let's stand to our feet. We'll close tonight. Simple, simple, simple. Are we afflicted? Pray. If you marry, sing praises. God help us. Heavenly Father, we come to you tonight. We ask you that you will help us to apply these simple truths, simple words, simple instruction to our life. Because, Lord, in this day, we do everything but pray when we're struggling. So I, help, I pray you'll help us to come running to you in our greatest need. And then, Lord, I pray as we do know you and we have a God that is looking, listening, and longing for us, we ought to be thankful and we ought to be merry because we have such a wonderful God that you are to us. Thank you for loving us, and we love you. We ask that you'll give all of us safety as we travel home. And, Lord, I do pray especially for our buses tonight. You'll help them to be able to deliver these children back safely at home and then bring all of our folks back safely. We'll thank you for what you do. We ask it in Jesus' name and all God's people said. God bless you. Have a great night. It was so good to have you all. Don't leave yet.